Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Take the Black Live. This is your favorite podcast for Game of Thrones, sci-fi, Marvel, Star Wars, all those things that we love to talk about. Um, you might notice things are a little different today if you're watching live. Uh, I am Mia Johnson, editor of DorksideTheForce.com, and today I have a special co-host with me. Yeah, hi everyone, happy to be here. I'm Natalie Zamora, and I'm the head of content for Fanside Entertainment. Cool, so if you were listening to the show last week, uh, Dan explained, he got a second shot, I believe yesterday, so we're like, you know what, we're just gonna make sure you're, you know, you're good, we don't wanna have like you drowsy on the show or anything like that <laughs> while he's going through it. Um, so we've got Natalie saying we're gonna have some fun, um, which this is reminding me of Lovecraft Country, our podcast that we had going on Lovecraft Country Chronicles. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a little mini reunion. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So how's it going? Are you excited to be here and talk about Game of Thrones and all that good stuff? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't get to talk about this stuff with many people often. <laughs> uh, and you are you are a fan, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely a Game of Thrones fan. Um, I feel like everyone I talk to is still butthurt about the season eight finale. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm still into it. I am. Okay. So we're going to have a good conversation today. We've got some great stuff at the top of the show. Hi, Julie. Thank you for listening in again. Um, and we're going to start off with an advertisement. Then we're going to jump right to it. So we've got some spectacular news, everybody. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. This new trimmer was just released, and we're happy to be the first to share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code fansighted 20 at manscaped.com. So let me break this down. We got to break it down. Um, their advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk engineers to ensure your blow parts are as safe as possible. <laughs> uh, and what makes this trimmer different from all the others? Well, they've got a new multifunction on off switch that can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when you need a more uh, precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over through additional guards with sizes one through four. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-toned matte and gloss finish and even features a hot foil stamp black chrome Manscaped logo. (laughs) Wow. Uh, so show that more off loud and proud. So there's more good stuff. Hold on. The optimized lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof, waterproof. So you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor, of course. And you're going to like this. The lawnmower 4.0 has wireless charging, which uses electromagnetic induction. Those are big words <laughs> that can help battery length last longer. Um, so let's just say you'll want to keep your trimmer for upstairs separate from your trimmer for downstairs, if you know what I mean. So come on down, get 20% off and free shipping with code fansite at 20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code fansite at 2020. You can unlock your confidence and always use the right tools with Manscaped. All right. Woo. I am pumped after doing that. So let us jump right into the news with that. Um, So this is something we discussed last week, Natalie, and I believe it was last week. You know, I don't know what days are anymore. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there is this actor. His name is Graham McTavish. Uh, he is an Outlander star. I don't know if you watched that or we we know plenty about Outlander at mm-hmm. least. Um, he plays Dougal McKinsey, um, <laughs> an Outlander, I believe. And uh, we saw him on set. Not too long ago, he was kind of, you know, looking a little suspicious, but they didn't really confirm anything. But now he has officially confirmed everyone that he is indeed on House of the Dragon. Wow, what a big reveal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he did. He actually had something to say about this in in a recent interview, and I'll just read that off. Um, So he says, I'm enjoying that. Yes, talking about House of the Dragon. Uh, I'm really having a lot of fun. We just started. It's a very big project, so we're getting to know each other. They're lovely people. It's great, but I can't tell you too much. Uh, I can't tell you really anything about the story, but it involves a lot of dragons. Uh, Natalie, do you know anything about House of the Dragon? <laughs> um, all I know is just what's out now, that it takes place hundreds of years. before Game of Thrones and will follow the Targaryens. Besides that, I don't know any of the spoilers or theories or whatever else is out there, but even though this isn't really that crazy of a tease, I do get excited at the word dragons. I know. (laughs) And hi, Christian. Um, Dan has explained this to me so many times, and when he sees me, he's going to have to beat me up because um, I... He tells me every single time, and there's so many names um, that are part of this, you know, book series and about this cast. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I get the gist of what this is going to be about, um, but it's still a little confusing. Um, So, yeah, what's going on in this? And I have the HBO pulled up. This is just the official um, HBO What Is It About? So it says, based on George R.R. Martin's book, Fire and Blood, series will tell the story of House Targaryen, a.k.a. the house that gave us the mother of dragons herself, Daenerys Targaryen, takes place 300 years before the events of Game of Thrones. Um, So other than that, it sounds like the way Dan has put it, (laughs) that there's some, um, you know, fighting for the throne. It's another Game of Thrones and you've got sort of two factions, two fam, well, with kind of within the family going against one another to see who wants to take the crown. Um, so I'm excited. They've got Matt Smith in this. He's cast, you know, from Doctor Who playing an interesting character. And uh, yeah, like you said, there's going to be dragons. <laughs> uh, so do you have like, we've talked about on a scale from one to 10, how excited you are for a Game of Thrones spinoff? Yeah, I'm probably, I would say like a seven or eight. I'm really excited. Honestly, I feel like I miss just that like Sunday night watching everyone on Twitter, Game of Thrones, that whole experience. I don't think there's been much since then. Not that has the Sunday night HBO slot, at least that everyone's tweeting during and, you know, watching at the same time. Yeah, that's a good point. uh, Because... I would say maybe the Nevers almost had the potential to do that. And we can talk about that later at the end of the show. Uh, but I do I do kind of really miss that. Just like hanging on to Twitter, reading all the tweets and having this moment where you can just sit and watch all of the drama unfold. And I am like 200% sure that's what is going to happen with House of the Dragon. And I think people are going to be willing to, you know, give this a chance because it is Game of Thrones. And I've said it before, like we have this audience that tunes into the show every week because they love Game of Thrones and everyone is head over heels for House of the Dragon and like the 
seven to ten other spinoffs that they have going on. <laughs> By the way, did you did you know like about all the other spinoffs that are in the works? Yes. And then wasn't there more that were rumored and then they're not happening anymore? Like the Roberts Rebellion one. I feel like that one's not happening anymore. And I was really interested in that. So <laughs> I feel like until I see the official images like we got for House I know. I'm not going to believe it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we t- we'll take it, you know, step by step and see what comes out. I think one of those might have been like the plot of the Game of Thrones play that is coming to Broadway soon, possibly. Oh. So it's like, you know, you trade one medium for another. Um, but yeah, so we also have a quote from Warner Media CEO Jason Kilner, who had something to say about House of Dragons, which was basically kind of short. He just said, I'm so excited because the world that exists in Westeros and the broader landscape and the characters, Targaryens are about as crazy as they get. It's literally the essence of good drama. Uh, so <laughs> hey. yeah, I think Daenerys was obviously a very fan favorite character, despite what might have happened at the end of season eight. <laughs> I still said I wish there could have been a lot more buildup. But um, yeah, it'll be fun again to see that the dragons coming right out the gate. Like we had to wait quite a bit of time to see dragons in action and stuff in Game of Thrones. And I'm like, who? how are they going to handle this? Just dragon fights <laughs> back to back to back. I know. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited that this is the spinoff that's actually going through because House Targaryen, I mean, everyone is so interested in it. Even in Game of Thrones, everyone had, you know, their family, their house and Daenerys didn't for almost the entire show. So yeah, curious. Yeah. So we get to see more, um, I believe, tons and tons of blonde wigs and (laughs) the beautiful fashion and the braids and all that. So I'm excited. Yeah. So anything else or else we can move on because, yeah, we do have something similar to add or to piggyback off of this, which is the return of Benioff and Weiss. (laughs) A dark cloud following. As we know, um, these producers, David Benioff and Dan Weiss, have um, been on, so to speak, thin ice with some of the fans recently, just because the way that season eight had been handled, you know, maybe it was rushed, maybe we feel one way or another about it, Um, but nevertheless, they persevere. (laughs) (laughs) Funny, a lot of it. So... um, they have a new project which is coming to Netflix and it's a little bit different. It's titled The Chair and we've talked about this a little bit back on the um, show. The Chair stars Sandra Oh and it, I think this one is going to be like a comedy or something like that. So it's a different tone. It's it's something new um, and I will read the synopsis of this and it basically just says The Chair follows Dr. Ji Yoon Kim Sandra Oh as she navigates her role as the chair of the English department at the prestigious Pembroke University. Ji Yoon is faced with a unique set of challenges as the first woman to the, uh, of the ch- chair of the department and as one of the few staff members of color at the university. Um, so it seems like an interesting premise. And they even released this kind of fun little graphic to go with it um, to announce. I believe it's the show they announced the big news is that it's coming August 27th. So it's just over two months away. Um, but are we willing to be open and receptive <laughs> to Benioff and Weiss after how we were kind of burned in Game of Thrones season eight? 
Yeah, I feel a little salty towards them because of that and because of how much backlash, backlash they got. And then they signed this huge deal with Netflix, like just whatever. But um, the fact that they're not going to be the showrunners on this new show is going to be Amanda Peet, who is David Benioff's wife. I think that, you know, they'll be a little far enough removed. Of course, they'll be executive producers, so they have a say in what's going on. But like you said, it's such a different tone. I love Sandra Oh, so I might just go into this not like trying to pretend it's not them and just come at it um, as unbiased as possible because I do want to watch it. It looks interesting. Yeah, and I yeah, I love Sandra Oh. She's kind of had I don't know if you want to call it a comeback in recent years. It was kinda of like the Grey's Anatomy and then it was a little quiet and now she's just like back and to me better than ever. I love her so much. Yeah. Um but yeah, it it feels so completely different from Game of Thrones that I'm like, you know, I I just kind of have to give it a try. Yeah. Um and in the comments, too, let us know if you are either interested in this show called The Chair coming to Netflix or if you're willing to give, uh, as we call them, D&D a second chance. Uh, Julie says, I still love D&D. They gave us loads of great stuff. And without them, we most likely wouldn't have had Game of Thrones, which that's also a good point. It's like, well, we've made it this far, <laughs> you know, at least seven pristinely near perfect seasons. Yeah. So does that tarnish, you know, what happened towards the end where, you know, we didn't like it or we the, some of the decisions were made a little hastily? That's a that's a big question. Um, it does remind me of I always talk about Sherlock is like my favorite show, and Stephen Moffat is the showrunner. He's had some stuff on Doctor Who, and it felt like you know the first two seasons very strong, the third one got a little bit weak, and then the fourth one it was to me it was complete and utter trash. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if it's like if you give someone something fresh and the material is you know kind of new they get a chance to restart do you think that makes a difference as well yeah yeah I do think so and of course they are talented and they did give us a bunch of you know really strong seasons too so I I can hate but I see both sides <laughs> I have a hope that they can bounce back <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, Christian says, I uh, guess I'm in the minority. Season eight was okay by me. And yeah, no, yeah, it's totally fine. You know, we all have our different opinions about season eight and what happened. I think Dan has said, you know, kind of like all in all, when you look at the big picture, it was a season that had its moments. Like, I'm not, you know, not going to lie. There were some really great moments there and definitely shouldn't be overshadowed by the bad ones. Um, so it is kind of, you know, at the end of the day, do the which one do the pros outweighs the con or vice versa so yeah and i mean if you just look back at game of thrones as a whole i i still love that show so much i don't care you know what happened in the finale that i didn't agree with it you know anytime i have some friends that haven't even seen it so far like at all and i'm like you should still watch it and my other friends suggested just skip season eight and i said no <laughs> part of the story you gotta it. so Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think you still have to, I would, I would definitely recommend someone watch this. Like if they were into fantasy or really mm -hmm. even not into fantasy, because I've kind of been like, I've tried it through fantasy and it is a hard genre for me to chug through. I don't know. There's just something about it, yeah. but Game of Thrones is so different because of you know, like we said, all of the drama that they have, all of the awesome characters that they have, 
Um, and I think I started watching it in like 2014-ish. I was in college. Um, but I also remember the, uh, you know, all of the female characters, all the women were very strong, yeah. you know, like Brianna Tarth and um, Arya Stark and, yeah. you know, all of them that, you know, there's so many names. And to me, it felt like before the MCU, like the MCU at that point only had like Black Widow. That was Game of Thrones was like my spot to say, I love these characters. I have women that I can look up to. And this is so, so awesome. So I know we kind of, we went on tangent talking about Game of Thrones. We're just talking about uh, David Vinioff uh, and, you know, and Weiss, but I think it goes without mentioning. Now, you also said that they have some other projects going on. I happen to have that here, courtesy of winterscoming.net, because it's a lot. So they have a, um, let's see, a small scale project on Metal Lords. It looks like they've got Rage Against the Machine guitarist Tom Morello with them on that project. Um, <laughs> and they're adapting the Pulitzer Prize winning novel, The Overstory, with Hugh Jackman, who was signed on to be. So they're getting the big stars. Yeah. yeah <laughs> they're not being turned away in Hollywood or anything like that. No. Um, but they do have one project that is, I guess, still in the works, it says, that has come under some controversy. Um, it is a adaptation of this popular sci-fi novel or epic called The Three-Body Problem. And um, there's been a controversy about that because the author, Liu Qin, uh, has made some comments, as it says here, about supporting China's internment camps, um, which yeah, is... <laughs> That is a loaded, loaded, loaded subject. And we don't have to talk about it um, here today, but it does go to show that they do have these projects that are in motion one way or another. And I think it's just going to give them a chance to redeem themselves. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, the amount of money that they made for HBO, I don't think studios are going to turn them away. It's yeah. just the diehard fans that might still be mad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like they were even, I don't know if they're still attached to Star Wars, but... Yeah. It doesn't seem, I think the Ryan Johnson thing is still in motion, but I think they had to drop out of Star Wars. But again, even Lucasfilm was like, hey, would you like to make some yeah. money for us? <laughs> so, yeah, good stuff coming. We'll see how it goes. Two months from now um, is when the chair comes out and we shall judge them then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, we have something that me and Natalie are definitely both fans of coming up. And I wanted to talk about Marvel Phase 4, because believe it or not, we are somehow already well into 2021, like almost halfway there. Um, and the pandemic kind of put a little bit of a stop on the MCU, and we had to take a break, and Black Widow didn't come out for 10 years. <laughs> but... Yeah, now we've got things like, you know, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki, which is coming up. And they dropped a clip um, during the MTV Movie and TV Awards that we wanted to share with you all right now. So we'll take a look at that. Wow, wow, wow. How exciting. Oh, I should say wow in the Owen Wilson voice. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think needless to say, I th- we are both like Loki stands. Um, mm-hmm. And if you see in the chat, apparently we both really love Owen Wilson. So I think Owen Wilson, Tom Hiddleston, you put it together. This looks like a fantastic 
um, series that is coming. Um, and I want to, we've, uh, we've talked about so many things on this show. I keep saying we have talked about mm-hmm. WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. So yeah. I wanted to hear before we dig into Loki as well, what have you just been thinking overall about Marvel phase four and how the TV series have been going? Yeah, I really, really loved WandaVision. I thought it was just such a good, you know, fresh take on the movies that we've seen before. I thought it was a really good mix of action, nostalgia, of course, and really emotional moments. Like I was not expecting to cry. (laughs) I did. Um, And then I will say, which I feel bad about, I have not finished Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I know that I should. But like, to be honest, just coming off of WandaVision, having that really, really emotional and just like how different it was and how experimental it kind of was for the MCU I was kind of just stuck in that mindset. And then Falcon and the Winter Soldier was very, you know, action. And there was emotional stuff, but I just couldn't get into it based on just the first two episodes of the ones I watched. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would feel the same. To me, WandaVision subverted all expectations. I had no clue. You know, the trailers just look so wacky and wild. And I think the fun thing about WandaVision was that everyone had a theory about literally everything. Like, you know, who is Agnes? Why is, you know, she in the hex? Who created it? Uh, Is it Mephisto? Who is Evan Peters? That was still such a bummer for me. (laughs) And then when they got to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I still think it was a strong series. But I do agree with you. It was it was a very cut and dry sort of Marvel. You know, you've got the action and the big flashy scenes. Um, but yeah, definitely do watch the end. Um, I know I need to, I need to. <laughs> it just felt like that one beat for beat hit like every single thing that people were um, predicting about it. So everyone was like, oh, is, oh, I think you know, like most of this, you know, like the Anthony Mackie, um, Captain America, like, is that going to happen? Yes. Is such and such going to happen? Yes, yes, yes. Um, But at the end of the day, it was still fun. But I think that's why I'm looking forward to Loki, because this one seems like it's going to go a little bit back to the wackiness and just the total... I don't know, WTF-ness of it all. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. I love anything with time travel, like even if it's not Marvel. Oh, really? Yeah. So I I feel like this will be fun. And of course, we know Loki can be very serious and very funny. He has some yeah. funny personalities. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. So you, you bring up a good point because I was thinking about this recently and I was almost... a. L- I don't want to say upset, but I was almost a little bit in conflict about this series because of the whole like time travel thing. And I think Avengers Endgame executed it pretty well because they had the whole idea where, um, you know, yeah, they did have to go back in time. They did have to do all that stuff. And then Captain America eventually kind of made things correct, except for the fact that the one scene he didn't realize was, you know, Loki took the Tesseract and created a brand new timeline. Uh, so it, to me, I'm wondering like how messy (laughs) is this going to get with the MCU? Um, and you know, is this going to create more spinoffs? Is this going to create different timelines where, you know, now we, we have to juggle different, two different characters at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
they tried, they almost did that with Far From Home. Uh, I don't know if you remember, it was kind of like Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio was like, oh, I come from Earth such and such, and you're on Earth 616 or something. But then he was like, no, I lied. <laughs> yeah, it's like, too many, it's like the um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like just too many plots to go through that it's like not making sense anymore. And they're like, yeah, abort, abort. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so, the thing. Like time travel can be, it's definitely hard to pull off to make it. So especially with a franchise like this, it has to all make sense completely. Or they could do something cheap and just say like, oh, well, it happened like when somebody else time traveled type of thing. And that's always annoying. So it's, it's tough for sure. Yeah. Let us know. I'm interested if you all are, you know, Marvel fans as well, how you all are feeling about this series about Loki. Is this going to, you know, completely create different timelines and stuff like that? Because I'm like, worst case scenario, we start to become like DC where we've got like five different uh, Batmans at the yeah. same time. You know, it's like Ben Affleck and then um, who knows who else is, is going on at this moment. Why am I trying... Who's, who plays the vulture? Is it Michael Keaton? <laughs> Michael Keaton, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can see his face. Right. So we have, you know, like maybe Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton, or we have, uh, Jared Leto and, um, you know, the person Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> podcast always like trivia moments. I know. And it's, yeah. I mean, that just like shows how many people have played the same the same yeah. character over and over. That's why I like with the, with DC movies, I still watch them, but I, they kind of lost me. It really depends. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Christian says Lost had an interesting time travel concept. Did you watch that? Because I never watched that. Yes. Lost. Is, I love Lost. You should watch it. It's on. Okay. Movie. You should watch it. But yes, I think Lost did the time travel really, really well. Okay. And even though in the later seasons they had a writer strike, so some of the things don't really add up. But it's still, it, it comes together in the end, I would recommend Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, I've heard some things, and I've heard some things about it. Um, but I think nonetheless, it should be... Like, I'm still going to watch Loki, you know, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, I don't, I don't know where they're going to take this. Or I'm like, I, I have told everyone I'm legally bound by my soul to watch every single Marvel thing and Loki included. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what can I say? Um, they also really quickly, they also released a Black Widow clip, um, which looked pretty exciting. I, it's weird. My initial thought was, I was like, oh, this is just like a two hour movie. Why isn't this a whole series? I know it's like we're conditioned now to have the weekly drops of new episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm still excited for Black Widow. It'll be nice to have a change of pace mm -hmm. and just like sitting down. We're watching an actual movie, <laughs> you know, not just a series. And I'm excited to see that because it has just been like so long delayed. And I think it's finally coming out um and july and they're gonna do the mix i believe it's like the premiere so you can watch it on disney plus and on the big screen but this is why i'm like i really really want to see this one on the big screen it seems really yeah. you know much more safer now to head to theaters so i'm like i just i want to see black widow so bad <laughs> yeah i know i feel like i kind of lost interest just because it's been so long that yeah. I was, i'm just thinking like yeah that movie came out i must not have watched it or something but then uh, yeah i watched the new like short clip from it and was 
remembered like yeah this looks really great i'm excited yeah i have like the black widow pop i think i got it like last year and it's just been sitting on my uh shelf last for a whole year and i'm like does this really exist but <laughs> fun times ahead i'm excited for phase four of marvel we've also got shang chi and the legend of the ten rings coming out soon as well as eternals i'm hoping they release a trailer for that pretty soon as well and then yeah spider-man no way home so we're going to be stacked i think chris hemsworth just shared a photo not too uh, long ago from the set of thor love and thunder so mm-hmm. a lot of stuff um awesome so <laughs> as we're talking about things that we're looking forward to watching let's talk about some stuff that we are watching right now um natalie do you have anything exciting that has been on your watch list this past week or so I have been watching, of course, The Bad Batch, which you have been too. Um, Really good. I would recommend it even if you aren't a fan of the animated shows because I had never watched any of them. Kind of just read read a synopsis of what had happened in Clone Wars and then jumped into it. So I've been liking that. And um, also an HBO show, Mayor of Easttown. It is so, so good. It is a drama, mystery, murder mystery type show. It's really good. Oh, that's cool. Um, Dan, yeah, Dan's been watching a lot of uh, the HBO stuff too. I've been like so far behind on <laughs> all of the HBO stuff, but I, I will say I'll, I'll talk about the numbers soon, soon, soon. But yeah, to address the Bad Batch thing, I've definitely have been watching that. It is very interesting, and we've had this discussion with our contributor uh, Chelsea Zukowski, who has been kind of helping us review the show. And we have come to the conclusion that it's like you either are just really interested in Star Wars and the lore or you're just not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah cartoon wise, it's good for both children and, you know, adults who are curious to learn more about Star Wars. So like in this past episode, they talked about like. He was like, oh, well, why does the Empire only use humans for stormtroopers? And, you know, if they have all these clones, why should they be using humans? So you kind of get that question answered in this episode. And again, if you care about it, that's awesome. But if you don't, I'm not going to be like, well, you know, you're really, really missing out. Uh, yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like it a lot because in The Mandalorian, they had so much lore that I had no idea about. So I feel like this is kind of like, closing some of the gaps that I'm getting more interested in the lore. (laughs) (laughs) And as well, you know, as we wrap up the show, make sure you guys let us know what you all are watching. If you have any recommendations for me or Natalie, Um, I am going on vacation though. So I don't know if I'm going to have time to watch this stuff within the next week or so, but I will, um, if you have suggestions, uh, put them down there. Uh, So, right. The nevers. I've been holding this one for a really long time. (laughs) Uh, so have you seen any of the numbers, Natalie? No, okay. I know what it is and I do want to watch it, but you can give spoilers. Okay. okay. Yeah. So it is, you know, created like probably directed written, like uh, it's got Josh Sweden's name written all up and down yeah. it basically. And, you know, he had to step away for many, many reasons. Um, but it's an interesting premise where you've got these mostly women, mostly people of color, um, who are in Victorian London and they come across all of a sudden having special powers, which sometimes they call turns or something like that. And, you know, they, because this is Victorian England and so many other reasons, they face a lot of prejudice because of these powers. 
uh, mostly from, you know, the men in power who are like, you know, these, these women and all the, you know, the minorities and people of color, they're really starting to scare us. And we think they're going to completely change the hierarchy and the patriarchy. And they're really afraid. So they want to like stop this. Uh, so it was a very interesting premise on top of this whole mystery of how did these people get their powers? What's been going on, um, with that. And there's like some, butt kicking and stuff like that. But the finale aired this Sunday, which was like part one of the finale. And I believe they had to cut production short for COVID. So we'll get another finale or something like that later. The finale, Natalie. <laughs> I need to hear about this. Oh, right. They call them the touch. Thank you, Tere. They That's another, right. They call them touch. Kind of like mutants, basically, but they call them, yeah, they're, they're touched. Um, mm-hmm. The finale began like in the future, or could be now times, none of the original characters showed up for, you know, the first 20 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like Doctor Who or just the sci-fi episode where you're watching a scene unfold. You hear something about the aliens that have been attacking this town, um, but or London, I say this town, but <laughs> it was just like, what the heck is going on? And then you find out there's this twist that our main character, um, Amalia, has a connection to this person from the future. And it's actually this person from the future in Amalia's body, kind of like an avatar or, you know, somehow the aliens put her into her body. <laughs> so it was super, I think, confusing for most people. Um and Dan did share his review. He uh, hated the first part of the Nevers finale, the sci-fi Terminator ripoff part is what he calls it. <laughs> but he liked everything else, averages out to a B plus. So I would have to agree that in the long run, the beginning of the episode was not so great. But then as it went on, you went back to Victorian England and you found out this whole big twist about the main character and how she got there. And they, they set it open to be like... Um, you know, what's going to happen next? How are we going to figure out this connection between Amalia and her future self? And is she ever going to go back home and things like that? So it's a lot. <laughs> it really is a lot. But it, yeah, it's reminding me of, uh, of Lovecraft Country because it, it starts to get so convoluted <laughs> that you're like, oh. <laughs> so... That's what's going on. That's what I've been watching. Does it sound interesting now that I've described the whole convoluted <laughs> process to you? It does sound interesting. It does. And I, I did want to watch it. I actually turned my parents on to it, even though I haven't watched it. Because <laughs> my mom loves Victorian everything. And my parents watch everything on HBO. So I recommend uh-huh. it to them and then just never watched it myself. <laughs> <laughs> just run the doorbell and run a- ring the doorbell, run away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I would maybe even wait for like a season two or something to see what they end up doing with that, just to see if they flesh it out a little bit more. Um, just because they have a lot of story to tell. They just are all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And Christian asked a good question. Is there going to be a second season of Lovecraft Country? <laughs> Natalie? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like nothing has been confirmed, but I know the last time I was reading about it, that HBO said that Misha Green was working on, you know, figuring out what the story would be for a second season. So it seems like HBO is hopeful. Yeah, I I think, I, yeah, I read that too with Misha Green. It, it sounds like 
you know, they kind of exhausted the source material. They went through the book front to back. So now if they do want to bring it back, they would kind of have to create an original story, which I, I think that they should. I think it's too good of a premise and too good of a cast to just waste yeah. that potential. I mean, yeah, already we've got such a big cast and, um, I would like to see them come back. I think that was one of the shows where people were tweeting, you know, HBO Sunday yeah. night show, the main event and the mm-hmm. tweets and <laughs> the reactions were so hilarious. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. I am hopeful for a second season. And I think the first season like went off the book enough. Like they changed enough things that I think that, you know, they have a good writing team. They can yeah. come up with something. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> But yeah. also, let's see, what did Julie have to say? I think this is for the Nevers. Um, I thought I was watching the wrong show at first, talking about the Nevers finale. <laughs> I had to check. Overall, I thought it was okay, but want to see more. Yeah, I think that's what all of us wanted. I think if they did actually finish that, the rest of the filming for season two, it might have been rounded out and made a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they had to be rushed is kind of an unfortunate downside to literally the events of last year. But... I think it's still worth hanging on to. I'll, I'll keep up with it. It's only six episodes. So you can kind of get through it pretty fast. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about everything else that's going on. I, um, I saw Cruella oh, yeah. <laughs> over the weekend and reviews are embargoed. Social reactions were not embargoed. So I just, I will say from my social reaction, that I really, really loved it. It tops oh. my list for like these new live action Disney movies. And um, it's more for adults. So I think this one will be pretty exciting for all those people. So I think that's all I can say about that. (laughs) But the review will be up on uh, winterscoming.net next week when that embargo is lifted. Uh, So, yeah. And I I started Invincible last night, which is also pretty cool from Amazon Prime. So that's it. (laughs) I think that's all that's going on with me. Uh, Natalie, is there anything else you got going on? No, I shamelessly was rewatching Jersey Shore, but we don't need to talk. (laughs) (laughs) What a throwback. Yeah, I haven't seen that literally since it came out. So (laughs) you don't need to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thank you. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so that is our show. We will be back next week. I personally will not be back next week. I will be away at Florida at Galaxy's Edge in Disney World. So I'm really excited about that. But Dan will be back with a special guest host. You can, um, in the meantime, make sure to give us a beautiful, good review over on all of your beautiful podcasting platforms, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can join us live on Facebook every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central time um so that's the show thanks and the show will be back next week (laughs) bye everyone bye this podcast is brought to you by fansighted join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between 